A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us tonight. Zach here, joined by our fabulous two hosts like normal, Drake and Fitz. Fitz, how are you doing tonight, bud? Doing fantastic. Um, it's cool. I I'm like your just, uh, little poster you got behind you. Of yeah, I, there's only one problem with it. It's got Wisconsin Badger logos on there. You couldn't even give me an edit. I mean, you literally did all of our edits, you asshole. Here, wait a second. Oh, there, is yeah. that better? No, because you, I already know at this point. Yeah, can Adidas. you censor your face? You know, you almost get away with it though, Fitz, because you got a photo of Wisconsin when Wisconsin was still Adidas before they moved to Under Armour. It's yeah. it's a Nebraska it's a Nebraska's coach it's a Nebraska coaching jacket. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Move your head three inches one way or the other. Yeah, do it. How many times have you told some dude that? Whoa, <laughs> zero until you. All right. Drake, how are you doing tonight, bud? 
I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm trying to remain calm. Um, mixing some painkillers with some beer. You uh, shouldn't do that. That's illegal. Yeah, that's that's bad. Nobody nobody else do that. Children, college kids. Let's forget I said that. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm a professional. I I I know how I know how it works. A, a professional what musician? Because they mix drugs no. and, and and pills all the time, and they die. It, yeah. So that's why you shouldn't mix pills and drugs, Drake, unless you've got some for the rest of us. Dude, I got speaking I of got, all of that would have helped a lot yesterday during the game. Yeah, I was going to ask Drake, why, why are you upset for? Why are we going to lose your mind? I'm not going to lose my mind. You know, um, why I'm really looking forward. Mind? Really looking forward to. Is there something that happened yesterday? Flying into Chicago next week and driving four hours from Chicago to Ann Arbor to go into the big house and watch this offensive right. masterpiece that Whipple has put together. How full do you think that stadium is going to be? Um, I'll put it this way. I got tickets in the ninth row where I, I believe we're right above the only tunnel, which means I might get to see some real action in there. Um, but we we're in the ninth row above where I think the tunnel is for $70. Okay. So that's going to be a pretty empty stadium. Yeah. Uh, Dude, okay. I, I doubt it's empty. I mean, it ain't going to be a 50,000 seat or, you know, you're still going to, no. you're still going to have 90,000 plus in there. Yeah. Um, it, but it ain't going to be 110 or 105, whatever it is. There's going to be very little red though. I would imagine. Yeah. Ooh. I originally wanted to travel for this game. Then I did. You can still come bro. Let's uh, we'll do a remote. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I don't, I don't need to watch this ass whipping and, uh, on on the road, I'll do it in the car. My first home. ever away game. We, this is my first ever away game. And we, we we know why. We know the reason. The person that Drake is ready to go off. Right, Mike Schaefer from Huskers twenty four seven asked what which was the worst hire. I came back and said it was Whipple or Diaco, and I came back and said just keep it in keep in mind that neither one of them were technically, I mean, they were hired, but they were kind of forced upon their, their, their head coaches who thought that that was ever going to work. I mean, even with frost, do you really think that frost said, yeah, let's bring, he did it begrud- begrud- uh, begrudgingly, right? He didn't want, to we all, it. we all thought it was going to work. Yeah. So we can, we can't play revisionist history and say, Hey, we didn't think there was any way this was going to work. We were all jacked up about it. There's no, we, we can't turn around and say, I absolutely didn't think this was going to work. Cause we all, we're excited about it. Wait, wait, wait. To be fair, though, I was really reserved on Whipple at the start, and I said I didn't want him as an offense coordinator because of his previous history. Now, not so much at Pitt, but he's known to get a little pass happy, and that was the reason I didn't want him here to begin with, plus his advanced age. But once hired on, <laughs> what? He's old. He's he, This was his last job. We all knew that. But yeah. once he was brought on, and the way it was pitched to us is Frost is a run game guy. You know, apparently he doesn't know the passing game. So Whipple's the pass game guy. We mess these concepts and there we go. That's how it was packaged. Well, and I think that would have worked. Could have worked. It, it, it looked better Didn't at work. the start of the year, right? Um, I, I was excited about Whipple based off of what I saw from Pitt. And what I mean is 
Keep in mind, Pitt had an offensive line. Yes, but you know what else they did? They ran a shit ton of quick game. It was not F it or Jalen Addison's down there at the other end of the field offense that we're running today. They ran drag routes. They ran shallow crosses. They ran slants, five-yard outs, digs. It, they ran what I, I've said this a hundred times, and anybody who listens to this show, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I I firmly believe that every successful offense has some staples in the passing game. And those staples all re- revolve around the quick game. Quick slants, quick crosses, digs, drags, all of that. How many times have we watched the tight end drag? And we saw it a couple of times yesterday, go for 12 yards when the ball's caught four yards deep in the field. We saw it several times yesterday when they changed quarterbacks. We get burned on those fullback flats on play action or tight end drags on play action all the time. Why? Because that that is a proven concept that works. It works for every team at every level from junior high to the NFL. Any offense that moves the ball and puts up points runs these simple concepts, and we refuse to. And Whipple ran them last year. At Pitt, and that's why I was excited because Frost wasn't running him. And it's like Whipple has adopted Frost's pass game philosophy too of everything is going to be long developing. I have said of, on top of this stuff, you can scheme to help your offensive line. You scheme that with traps, you scheme that with quick game passing, and we don't do any of it, and it's just mind-boggling. Let's let's stay let's stay on the topic of mind-boggling, but let's bring it back to just this game. What happened from essentially the third or fourth drive to the end of the game? Everything, nothing connected. Everything was, let's try this, let's try that. There was no setting up, looking two or three plays down the line. I know people are, it was all over yesterday in social media. You know, what what does he do if he doesn't have a script, right? What does he do when the script, if, at what point in time during the drive, that opening drive, you might have to go, quote unquote, off script a little bit. Can he do it? I don't know. I it's just I am completely lost as to what they tried to do or what he was trying to do. Part of it's the quarterback decision. That's an that's a that's another conversation. But what was what was Whipple trying to do? He didn't try to establish and it goes back to what you said. He didn't try to establish quick throw game, quick pass game. He didn't try to establish a run game. Would they throw? And we ran for twice? 60 yards were, on the opening yeah, drive. They ran Ramir twice on two draws and they weren't working. And then they tried to, you know, it's just, I, I don't, I'm, I'm out of my mind with that part of it. It's like, how do you go from the defense can't adjust that much to completely take something away? Did No, but this, when your offense coordinator helps them. Well, this this stat was the most alarming to me. Halfway through the fourth quarter, they threw this up on the TV. First half, Anthony Grant, 14 carries for 86 yards. Second half, halfway into the fourth quarter, three carries for one yard. It's not really Are a you, thing for success he, now, is it? And keep, keep in mind, on those first two drives in the first quarter, he had 10 carries for 70 yards. Yeah. Somebody explained to me how we like Whipple can't come. We we had a 10-0 lead. And in the third quarter, 
in part of the fourth quarter, he ran Anthony Grant three times. There's no way you could tell me, hey, they stopped our run game. We we tried it three times, three fucking times. It was as soon as they went three and out, like three and out for I think the second or third straight time when they were still at 10-0 that I was like, fuck. I do not feel good about this 10-0 lead. That is the no. least secure I've ever felt being ahead. Well, um, they couldn't they couldn't do it against Illinois the week before. They were up nine to six, right? All they had to do is maybe can they get one more touchdown? Illinois is not built to come back from that. They could get up sixteen to three. That's that's a big difference. That that changes the game. Imagine thirteen to zero, seventeen to zero against Minnesota, and obviously not knowing what was going to happen with Tanner Morgan and that the the new quarterback came in, changed things up eleven twice on Northwestern. Yes, the, there's, and I'm not putting that on the deep. They're getting tired. We're not that's, sustaining. That was they're, my point. They're not sustaining the drives. Ground. They're getting tired. It's it's plain and simple. You've got to figure out a way. I don't even care if you if you move the ball eight yards, but you take that play clock down to two seconds every time before you snap it. You take your time getting back to the huddle. You take it down again. You take it down again. Take TV timeouts on and on and on. Maybe the defense doesn't have it. Whatever it is, you're at least giving your defense a little bit more time to rest. You're you're one score in that first quarter away from potentially putting that game out of reach in the first quarter. You're one score away. You get the ball plus territory after a bad punt. And what do you do? Three and out. It's like Whipple thinks your your kill shot you know i've talked about kill shots a lot this year specifically leading up to northwestern you have to get that kill shot early on teams that you're better than whipple it's like whipple thinks the only way you can get a kill shot is on on a bomb right or or a busted play it can never be a four to eight minute drive that takes nine to ten plays of marching down the field and you know just exerting your will on a team and early on our offense was exerting their will on Minnesota and all of a sudden you're forced to kick a field goal when we probably should have scored a touchdown you're forced to kick that field goal and at that point Whipple had decided we can't we can't run the ball anymore because we couldn't run it inside the 10. So what part of what ended up happening though and this was a little bit more second half but it started happening in the second quarter already we we're whether we couldn't run the ball or he just chose not to because all of a sudden what was happening? We were, we were at six or six, second and 13, third and, and 12, third and 11, because Chuba was taking sacks. Like he was starting to scramble. As soon as the ball was snapped, he was getting outside. He was never stepping up in the pocket. He was cutting himself in half in terms of where he could throw the ball and, and what he could do. And then he's taking those sacks. So you're really, putting yourself in a hole to where you can't, you can't run the ball, but here's where it all comes together. And I'm going to give credit from Twitter to Brady Altman's. And he said a time fact connected to daylight savings time. Nebraska went 28 minutes without a completed completed pass, 45 minutes, 29 seconds without a score during the loss yesterday. How do you, I mean, it's, but that goes back to your quick, that goes back to your quick game, right? 
you go all these other sports. There's a there's a remedy. Even a lateral fucking pass. When something, it's, even that's, a lateral. That's my point. There's something going wrong. What do you, what do we say as as a, as a basketball coach? Hey, when you're when you're not shooting, can you get maybe get something closer? Right, get that first layup. Get your confidence going. Um, whatever it is, golf. I don't care. Pick the sport. There's always something somebody will tell you. Succeed in that little part of it. It doesn't need to be the 59 yard pass to go get your confidence back. Yeah, just complete something, but. Watching Purdy try to throw yesterday, everything was lofted. Everything was floating. Everything looked like it was a shot put versus a real throw. I, I, I'm still. That's what I'm most upset about, frustrated about, is the fact that a he played last week and we found out that he was hurt and didn't practice a lot. Now they give him the opportunity to go today or yesterday first, and then they and Whipple stuck with him and stuck with him and it obviously was not working. Here's here's something that that really got me yesterday, guys, and it happened in the post game. We, we we talked about this yesterday on the show, Fitz, and I brought it up last Sunday in the post game when we were doing this. When Mickey said, um, last week that we went with Chuba because we thought we had to throw the ball to get back in the game when we were down eleven, right? Mm-hmm. What did Mickey say yesterday in the post game? They stuck with their game plan of running the ball down two scores because they felt confident they were still in the game. I It's mind-boggling to me that he can see, and again, they were down 10-0 at half. We were down 11 at half to Illinois. We thought we were out and had to make big plays to get back into a game with 30 minutes left. And the number one time possession team in the conference was like, eh, we can still pound the rock for 30 minutes and get back in this game. That that was crazy to me. And here, here's another stat. I, I lost it last night when I, I, I read some of the craziest takes on Twitter. I read Whipple is an offensive genius and the talent is what's killing him. And then I read... Chubba Purdy is the best player on the team, and he played a fantastic game. For the record, we went 11 of 26 throwing the ball. 11 of 26 completions. Logan Smothers had five of them in two drives. And one of them was the biggest completion of the day. I've said this. I I don't blame this all on Chubba. Obviously, you can't. I don't think he's put in a position to succeed because again Whipple's not helping with the quick game but if you don't trust Logan Smothers throwing the ball he he had two drives and had half of our completions including the biggest completion of the day what the fuck sorry Mike stop watching porn (laughs) ESPN ESPN side ad started going off when I was looking at the stats from yesterday Anthony Grant 21 carries for 115 yards 5.5 5.5 yards per carry. You don't think we could have got him a few more carries in the in the third quarter? Zach, no, how many how many no. carries how many carries do you think uh Abraham had? Abraham, uh, I, sorry. I thought he had 32-ish. Nailed 32 ish. Nailed it on the head. How many of those did he have in the first half? Oh, um see he had 32. I'll say 13. Eight. Eight okay. carries only in the first half, and he was held down, right? Oh, but yeah. What did, you, um, what did you say before? The defense got tired. That's when he gets going, right? You can't tackle him up high. 
you're getting the defender. It's not being lazy. They're just getting tired. So they're coming more vertical and they're trying to wrap them up and it's just not, it doesn't go. And next thing you know, they stop him in the backfield on a, on a third and, and four and he gets five yards. Well, you, you see know, those defensive linemen are able to make plays when fresher. I mean, you see Ty, Ty Robinson out there getting a, a big sack. You see O'Shawn Mathis making plays, Garrett Nelson. Like, when these guys are fresh, you see them out there and they're able to do some really good stuff. But when you're tired, ran into the ground, you don't react as fast. You you just can't do the things that you're capable of doing when fresh. And this is just this common is, sense. And this is a bigger concern and it's a coaching staff thing not Whipple because he's got he's been coaching offenses since BC but the other guys that haven't been those coordinators haven't been the head coaches that games type of stuff we saw the exact same thing with Frost because he had guys that were inexperienced and you're making these in-game decisions the, the lack of adjustment to what the quarterback was doing yesterday creates problems. Now you add into what we just talked about, being tired, being playing on your playing, being playing on your back foot, all these things. And now you're again, you're making a backup quarterback look like Michael Vick out there. And it's just it, 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 it's unfathomable how many times over the last 10 years or so, the Huskers can look so good for 12, 15, 18 minutes and then completely change and, and be a, just a, a different team. But you know and what? That's, that's a sign to her, though, right? That's a sign of depth. Depth, culture, an identity of what are you going to, no matter what happens, what are you going to do that's going to keep at least part of it level? And then you can, you can adjust the defensive side, because the offense is still doing what they need. Or well, that's you... the thing is they, they've got the 22 to, that can play with anybody in the country. It's when it comes to, it's not the first 22, it's the second 22. That That's where Nebraska is losing right now is they're able to get up 10, nothing. Also consistency is a huge problem with that. Um, with that offense in general, it's, it, it's just, it's fucking mind boggling at a certain point. Like what, what the fuck are we doing? You guys, if you would have told me yesterday, we would outrush Minnesota. I would have, I would have guaranteed a win. We ran the ball better than Minnesota did. If you would have told me we outrushed Minnesota and Tanner Morgan didn't play the second half. I, I would have felt outstanding going into that game. 100%, but I mean, and we kept, they we do kept what the they do I guess. inside of 10 minutes. We kept possession inside of 10 minutes. I felt like it was way worse than that. I felt like we were on the field way longer defensively, and is, it was a 10 minute difference. Is Michigan's defense better than Minnesota and Illinois? Faster. That's a athletically. Lot faster. I, I just, I, I feel sorry for you, Drake. No, they they don't have the edge rushers like Hutchinson and and uh, Ojabo that they had last year. But yeah, but look who they're they've, look they've who still they're got rushing. some fast dudes. Look who they're rushing against. There's going to be a oh, kid actually they got Mike who, Martin this year who there's going to be a kid who has level. doesn't have a sack in his career and he's going to 
he's going to break the Michigan record next week. Those are the types of things that happen lately. Actually, Mike Martin is the one that Nebraska is going to have to worry about on that defense. Especially, I think he's a DND tackle kind of split between the two, but awesome. Absolute um, terror. Probably going to be a top 10 pick in the draft when he comes out this year, I believe. So is Casey Thompson playing next week? Nope. Mike Morris has seven sacks already this week, this year. Yep. Sweet. That's the one. Does he get to to double digits next week? Yeah, I'd say so. You said he's at seven or seven and a half? He's at seven. I think he gets three. Nine and a half, over or under? I'm going to go under still because three sacks is a lot. No, not nine and a half next week alone. (laughs) Just kidding. Nine and a half total after next week, over or under? Does he get three? Okay, so I'm going to go under. Plus or minus sacks, two, two and a half. I'm going to go under. Over, under. Okay. I'm going over. So if Casey Thompson doesn't. We up, haven't shown the ability to focus on a single rusher this year. We never ship the best guy. We just ship the guy in the direction that we want to go. Yeah, but I don't think anybody else has put up three sacks this year against that offensive line either yet. They've hit the quarterback a shit ton, but I don't think three sacks have been put up. Seems like it's a ton every week. That's what I'll say. That's the that's the. Well, Casey's part. getting assaulted. Let's call that. Oh, one also, I was going to yeah, say call, let's call let's Dan. Also, let, let's also keep in mind that Casey's really good at avoiding those sacks, which we haven't really seen Logan put in that position. And Chuba runs to the sack. So, I mean, to me, and I don't think we're going. I'm. I'm up in the air i bet i bet they sack us five or six times i i'll I'll put us at five in the first quarter i don't think so i'm gonna say because smother starts this week as well do we okay so let's keep playing this what if game do we actually that could be worse because he's a more mobile guy trying to make plays behind so it's kind of do do we see the i don't know if i trust smothers i don't know if i trust i don't trust them to start smothers i really don't well we don't have many options I mean, we can go masker. I was just kidding. That's always the default. Heinrich Harburg. No, still <laughs> nothing there. Nope. If you're going to just, if you're going to play gun and throw and you're going to drop back and pass, why not? I mean, it felt like he has running for his, he hasn't seen his play life time before. all year. The first time we're going to throw him out there is against fucking Michigan. He's got the, he's got the second best arm on the team and the best is, do Richard we want him to retire so. next week be, or after the game? Because he will. I mean, that's fucking shell shocking a quarterback, guys. Okay, but but okay, and this is tongue in cheek. But would you be surprised if it happened? Whipple's like he gives us. I would be shocked. I would be. That might be the most shocking moment all year if that were to happen. That that would be. I don't know who. That, that would be would more shocking than that's Frost getting fired. That's a fireball offense. That was that wasn't shocking though. We all knew at ten o'clock after Georgia Southern Frost was fired. I'm talking about before the year. Yeah, if, yeah. if someone would have said yeah. he got fired three three days in, I, or Harburg starts, I just said it's more shocking that Harburg starts. Yeah. Oh, I just, yeah, without a doubt. It's just okay. He, he's such he's such a young kid that it's got no play. I if he had some snaps, maybe I could see it. But on the road against Michigan, I mean, you you, you got to put yeah, I, there. it's got to be Purdy or Smothers, and if you want to have a shot, I this, would say Smothers. That's don't your they, spark. Then they if, have to run some option too, right? They've got to do a little bit more RPO with him. They've got to set that stuff up. But I have the feeling, and again, this probably goes back to 
Chubba Purdy did not look prepared when he came in last week. We know that he was hurt, probably didn't practice as much. Smothers doesn't look yeah, he as prepared as he, as he could be, but that's on Whipple for not letting Smothers. Those guys should have been splitting time equally, knowing there's a better than good chance that Thompson wasn't going to play last week. Smothers, Smothers is also game. a fucking gamer, too. Well, oh, without a doubt. So put him in. Run some. Mickey Joseph. Smothers, I want you this week just to watch me. Watch, go watch my game highlights, and these are the types of plays we're going to run. Can you do it? Yeah, coach. That's kind of what I did in high school. Dude, I think that's I where Mickey's at, though, is he's got to pull big dick in the room and say, hey, this is what we're if, doing this week. If he doesn't, if he does not take charge this week and kind of put Whipple in his place, any bid for a head coaching job is is out the window, right? He I mean, said it at half, He said it at halftime. He told, he told uh, Jessica uh, Pudi that um, – sideline reporter that uh, we need to establish a run. We need to get back to running the ball more. That's we've got to do that. Like, okay, then you need to tell. And at that point in time, and then we waited till nine minutes left in the game. We waited till nine minutes. Take the, take the play sheet from him, slap him across the face, tell him to go sit on the bench. I'm the captain now. Start calling the plays. I that's that yeah. just played out. So like if Fitz ever tries to take over the podcast, I now know how he's going to do it. He just gave away his little fantasy there. So yeah. Um, here, here's a real question. What do you mean? Here, here's a real have. question. This podcast is mine, bitch. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll let that one slide bits. for the night. Yeah. Um, Zach and I were actually talking on Friday night doing Jimmy's show. I, I think for you to ever move beyond third chair, you have to bare knuckle box both of us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And, oh, and Rochambeau. You know what that is? You, like rock, you, paper, scissors? No, it's where you kick each other in the nuts as hard as you can, but I get to go first. I go to go first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's called Rochambeau. Right. I learned that on South Park. Um, here, Here's the question. <laughs> I learned all the it, important lessons in life on South Park. Does this game... I believe you. Does this game next week, does this resemble 2018... Bingo. So I'm not done with this question now. If it does, do you give some of those other quarterbacks snaps in the third and fourth quarter? In the third and fourth quarter, depending what that. You're going to be down, I would assume. I don't think they're going to pull a Rutgers and and hang, hang late with Michigan. Um. I still don't know if we see those young guys. I still I don't think, think we see a Smothers is, or not sorry, Tor- Smothers, but a Harburg. And then is Torres, Torres healthy? Is obviously no. Well, no, they, they said Torres will not play this year. Yeah. He's okay. a no go this year. I just, um, I, I don't I, see the I benefit think you got to get a guy, guy like, I think you got to get a guy like Harburg, some reps. And Harburg next week in Lincoln. Um, I, and I'm fine with that. I think Wisconsin one of these. Then, yeah, yeah. I'd rather Wisconsin but than. If you're down 45 to Michigan in the third and fourth quarter, and they're calling off the dogs, which get them some reps in hostile territory. Be. Yeah, that's. And, I mean, and here's here's why. Here's here's why I think you got to get specifically Harvard reps. Um, if Torres has no opportunity to play this year, I think you got to get Harburg reps. Um, I don't I don't see a world where Chubba Purdy's back next year. And 
you gotta get some film for I, I I don't think there's a world where Harburg isn't back next year personally. I think he wants to He's be a Nebraska here. guy. I don't see him leaving. Yeah. Um and Torres seems like he has the ability to run whatever offense. He'll probably wait to figure out what the next coach looks like. He's got the biggest get, arm on the roster, bigger than Harburg's, even from what they've said. Yeah. So I think you got to get these guys reps. So you realistically, I think our quarterback room should going into next year. And at this point, we're just preparing for next year, right? I think you're looking at Smothers, Harburg, and and Torres. I think Casey leaves for the NFL, tries. I don't think Purdy's back. And I don't think Pop Watson shows up because Whipple won't be here. That was going to be my next question. Well, I put that out there and there wasn't a, I mean, 53% said that they didn't think the starting quarterback. Well, let's do this question on the roster. Also, while we're, while speaking of wild takes, I saw yesterday, Husker talk tried to tell me Anthony Grant is the 10th best running back in the conference. Slater. Did he mean, did he mean talent wise? Yes, tenth best. Slater, Iowa fan, comes in today. I love Slater. That's that's my guy. Slater Slater said what I wanted to say, but I I couldn't without sending like, sounding like an absolute homer. Anthony Grant is without a doubt, at least in the West, the most complete back and arguably the best, if not top three, in the West. Name three running. You can't name. If you go off production, there's probably. Two running backs you could name above him. Production, yes, but skill set, no. We played played exactly two weeks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is is I would go, honestly, I would say Braylon Allen and um, Mo Ibrahim would be the two that I would take above him. But you could convince me that Anthony Grant's a more complete back. I think Anthony Grant can do everything and do it at a very high level. We've seen it. If you put Anthony Grant in Illinois' offense. He's already got a thousand yards this year. Oh yeah, he's, he's Chase Bryaning the fuck out of this league. Yeah. Um. So, but that just goes back to wildest takes that were shared with me on Twitter yesterday. Well, Fitz brought up a good point, and since no one else responded to him, I guess we'll we'll quench his <laughs> thirst here. Um. On the uh, let's talk about that. Do we think the starting quarterback next time Nebraska plays Minnesota is on roster? On the roster today? Yes. The next starting quarterback. I think so. You think so? Okay. You think it's, I think it's like obviously okay. So you're thinking it's you know, obviously you said Thompson's gone. Okay. That that would be interesting if, if it ends up being smothered next year. I don't think the starting also quarterback's because on the roster. Uh, also because I'm begging Trev right now to hire Jamie Chadwell to bring that new age triple option. Does his Can we talk about the big with him? Does that quarterback come with him? He can't. He's out of eligibility. Oh, okay. Uh, he was one of the guys I wanted to transfer to Nebraska this year. Yeah, that's uh, um, Grayson, Grayson McCall. McCall. God, he's but, a magician with the ball. Can we talk about the big brass balls on Logan Smothers to throw that bomb on fourth and th- 12 or whatever it was? To Marcus, not Mark. Yeah, yeah Washington. Marcus Washington. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was 
a ball that nobody else could have thrown that day. The only other quarterback on the roster that I think has the balls to make that throw and put it right where he did is Casey Thompson. Logan Smothers is just a fucking dude. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a dude. I feel like that's what they need right now. If Thompson's going to be out, which it sounds like he's doing PT on his elbow right now. So um, I don't see him playing this week. Um, you, you you could have sold me about four games ago. We should have switched to Logan Smothers and nothing against Casey. Logan just brings an extra element. Oh, I agree. It's and and that was I'm, I was sitting there in the stadium thinking, I'm like, why is if you compare Purdy to Smothers, Purdy hasn't shown you the arm talent is better than Smothers leg talent, but the arm talent has been similar, which to yeah, me 100%. gives Smothers the, um, the, 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 the leg up. I trust, I trust Smothers decision-making way more than, than Purdy. Like his head is buried He's looking at one guy. Some of the interceptions that he's thrown these last couple of weeks are unreal. It, it's unreal. You remember David Carr when he um, was drafted by the Houston Texans? That's what it looks like yes. watching quarterbacks behind that offensive line right now. Yes, just, I, but Chuba Chuba almost cost us our first field goal of the game. Oh, I agree. I mean, he played taking oh, a risk. He, he's. I mean, Joseph said it. he's not seeing the field. He's not making the progressions he needs to. I mean, if you're not able to see the field, you can't you can't play. He also said, and I know you were at the game, so you didn't get to hear all this. I didn't get to hear but shit. Multiple times during the broadcast, the field reporter brought up that Mickey Joseph has said, and Whipple has said in during the week that Chubba Purdy plays scared and nervous. That's how he plays the game. That doesn't give me the warm and fuzzy. What are we doing then? Why are, why is he in there? I, I don't know. And that again, I don't you like they, your this isn't all on him. You're not coaching him up. Yeah, you're not coaching him up, right? If he's not confident, that's that's partly him, but coach has got to get you to a point that you're confident enough to play. When's the last who's the last quarterback that played for Nebraska that has fully developed? And we've seen that over two to three years. Zach Taylor, maybe. He was a two-year guy because he came in from a JUCO. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I know he was here for two years, but that's one that you can say actually legitimately developed. Yeah, but that's Joe that's Gans. The, Gans, the point, though, uh, yeah. Look where, look where we're at, right? It's been a long time that we bring somebody that's pretty good, and they're really good at one thing, but we're not developing the other, right? You're telling me that in the time that Smothers hasn't been here, He's dangerous with his legs. He can throw the ball. There's no question about it, right? That's what I'm saying. The odds are similar. Can you can you not find something in a way to utilize what he has, but also develop that? So maybe he doesn't Smothers doesn't have to throw ball in the air 55 yards that often, right? Maybe he has to chuck it up there once or twice. But are we counting on better to do that? Better with, with an 11 to 13 yard strike every time. Accurate on time. And do it to his strengths, probably on the move. What are the, I just don't know. I don't know what they're doing or what they've been it's, doing. R- remind me of what I said last week about. I wasn't listening. About good coaches. What do they do? They, well, number one, you didn't games. say this, but they get, they get better coaches as their assistants. 
That's my. I did not say that. There. No. They they use what the players have to their advantage. They because adapt you, here, to what's you, on the roster. Let me give you an example. I coached a basketball team, and I had a thunder and lightning. No, you didn't. Group. The thunder <laughs> was big. Oh wait, sorry. I was no, listening. No, not doing that. But for real, though, coached, like you don't think I played basketball and coached basketball, Zach? I mean, I I'm think just, you coached fifth grade YMCA basketball. Judge wouldn't let me. But anyway, basketball at the Y. Judge wouldn't let me. No, but that's the point, though. Like, why are we square pegging round hole this offense right now? Story of my life. I mean, turn your electronics off in your place, Drake. Jesus Christ, Drake. <laughs> Got my Apple Watch toys was listening. Talking to him. Fucking rookie. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I don't get why Nebraska has been a constant sti- constant cycle of square peg, round hole on the offensive side of the ball, other than the fact that other – Riley, what was the – I mean, we knew the scheme-ish, but, like, what was the identity? It really was, was Riley's, one, was there? Who was Riley's offensive coordinator? I can't remember. Langsdorf. Danny Langsdorf. Oh my gosh. And then when you were under Bo, you at least had an identity of a defense. Under Frost, there was no identity. It was just like throwing coins into the ocean and hopefully getting recruits back. And that's what happened, but nobody fit anything. Like, you know what I'll give Riley credit for that that you can't give to Frost? He gave Riley sprinkles. Sprinkles? Yes, sprinkles. No. Um, I, I like sprinkles. Going to. Going to starting year two at eight and zero or seven and zero, whatever it was, he didn't fully change the entire scheme to what he ran at Oregon State until he started to get all those pieces. Remember, he had to build around Tommy Armstrong, so that offense had some elements of power run, still some quarterback run, and it was built to allow Tommy to use his skill set. It, it probably asked them to throw the ball a little too much, but they they still adapted their general identity to what they had on roster and the best players on the roster. It wasn't like, hey, we can go get this flat-footed quarterback in Tristan Jebbia or Patrick O'Brien, and even though we have Tommy Armstrong, who's a potential all-Big Ten quarterback, we're going to play these guys because they fit our system better. No, Tommy Armstrong is a better quarterback, so we're going to change our identity a little bit to fit him. I And we haven't done it since. And Whipple's, Whipple's doing the Frost thing where, well, that's, hey, my system's more important than wins. Yeah, and I'm willing to – you said it on Twitter. I'm willing to sacrifice that to, to my, you know, my own demise. I'm going to go down with the ship. So that, that leads me to – the bigger topic, which we always, we talk about on the radio with our coaches conclave. I am to the point right now where we've thrown out so many names and I know there was panic in the streets on Thursday when it sounded people were, the rumor was spreading about Matt rule. I'll tell you right now, I've come around on that a little bit. There's some, there's some things that he does. There's some things that he puts into place. And I think it's a little bit of identity, a little bit of culture, but my bigger question is, Statement, question, whatever. As we look, and again, we always preface this with if it's not Mickey, 
I'm not quite sure if Nebraska needs, if that's what Nebraska needs right now. What, what is it that we need? Because we don't have an offensive identity. Okay. The defense right now is just scrambling and just trying to piece things together. What, what, without saying names, what is it that you want to come in with that head coach What's the big picture look like to you guys for next year and let's say the next one to five years? Because Drake, we talked about this on the, on the radio yesterday and it was kind of a loaded, it was a loaded question is, you know, who, what's the team right now that Nebraska could be in a year or two. And we all, you and I both looked at Kansas. Tennessee, Kansas, Tennessee, right? New Ole coach. Miss. We're talking two years. No, two, but that's the thing. Two years though, right? Two years. Look what, I mean, but and part of it is consistency. You want that, not just one game, but Notre Dame, what, what did they do? They could have, they could have cashed it in this year after it didn't start as well as they did. And now they just, they, what, they beat the brakes off Clemson. So could have LSU. LSU could have packed it in. Yeah. They just took down Bama and they're number two. So, so what do you what do you guys want it to look like next year and then for the years after that? Let's say the next next five years, what does this have to look like? And that could involve the who you decide. Yeah, no, for sure. So I know we as a fan base came to this conclusion almost unanimously that the next coach has to be a defensive oriented coach. I don't know that that's the case. I think the those teams that have those quick turnarounds are built around extremely efficient and explosive offenses. Um, yeah, you, you know, Burt at Illinois, that that's the outlier of all these two-year turnarounds, right? He has an elite defense, and part of his elite defense is taking the air out of the ball and just pounding the rock. Yep, one of the best running backs in the Big Ten. Yeah. Um, but this is why I'm I'm taking more of a liking to a guy like Jamie Chadwell or or Hugh Freeze, who I know just signed a big deal. But that don't mean and shit. Obviously, and obviously Lane Kiffin is on this list too. Those guys I, I don't know that I put Lane right behind Chadwell and Freeze, but let me ask you this about minded geniuses, essentially. And okay. I know we thought that's what Frost was, but. But what is, okay, let me, let me pause you there real quick. So Chadwell, for example, what is Chadwell, what is he able to bring in though, based on, and I'm, I don't know, so I'm asking, experience. What can he do to change the culture? What can he do to, is he going to come in and say, okay, we have to rebuild these lines? Is that, I'm just thinking bigger picture. Is Chadwell a guy that can, can do that i you would have to try obviously i'm not saying so you'd be dumb not yeah. to but here's here's what i love about chadwell because his overall record isn't elite and he's on his second stint at coastal carolina he was an interim then was replaced and held over and then took over after uh what's his name moved up to president moglia yeah moglia chadwell has failed and faced adversity and that's something that I don't think Frost ever saw in his entire coaching career. He just continued to end up on winning staffs. He's had a very good K-State staff, 
very good Northern Iowa staff, then got out to Oregon, very good Oregon teams the whole time he was there. Chadwell has failed and then rebuilt, and he's faced adversity. So I think Chadwell's first year here, at Nebraska, if, if it is Chadwell, let's say it is. Let's say he goes 1-11 year one. He's going to, because he's been there before, he's going to be able to see what needs to be adjusted, and he'll see it in game three and start working those adjustments into the year. So then, you know, if they have to change the recruiting plan, he's already started that leading into next year. Um, I like some of these guys that have faced adversity. And the reason I've said this about Matt Rule, why I'm not super high on Matt Rule is Temple was a pretty good program that he took over. He struggled his first two years, which is fine. And then he got really good his last two years. Took over a dumpster fire at Baylor, which I give him a ton of credit for turning that around and making it successful for Aranda. But he's never necessarily left a job in a better position than he found it. I mean, you can make the argument for Baylor, but Baylor was almost a juggernaut before he got there. He just had to right the ship from, from you know the dumpster fire that it was. He basically just had to put out a fire and everything stayed status quo. Zach, what do you answer this thing, Zach? A coach that can potentially do more with less, a Temple, a Coastal Carolina to a degree, right? Those types of things. Is that, does that do anything for you as part of a resume builder? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's a plus. It's not a have to. A guy like Chad Wall, a nice thing about his offense is it's more built on mobile guys, not guys that look like Redwoods. So, you 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 need guys that are probably at highest, maybe six five tallest, because they have to be more mobile. And their Honestly. offensive their offensive lines are mobile, so which goes to the bend. And, that, and that's what he's talking about is like six yep. five so, offensive linemen. You, yep. So you got that. How much passing is his offense doing? It's a spread based offense. It's it, it's it's a power run. Triple option based offense. 50, 55% run, 45% pass type of thing, or is it more? Maybe 60-40. 60-40 run. Okay. That's that's probably what I would say off of seeing him, and I could be wrong on that one, but um, they he run a lot of mo- his game plan. Well, yeah, it's it's not like it's whoa, whoa, whoa. What this do you, what do you nothing mean? else. But... What do you mean adapts <laughs> a game plan? What are you talking about there? But he's always run heavy. I like that. Um, yeah. Chad Wall was a guy I liked last year. Um, when I thought Frost was going to get the no, boot, um, you know, he's a guy I, I I could definitely wrap the arms around. I will say about Rule, if it does end up being Matt Rule, I could. I'm starting to massage my brain to wrap my arms around it if it's the case, but um, I I I still feel like if it's not a a, a Gundy or an Aranda or a Kiffin or gosh, I don't, I don't even know who else at that point. If it's not one of those guys, it's to me not really an A plus hire. It sucks to say, I, but see, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between. I think it has to be, there has to be something, and I think Joseph. I feel like you want to build some excitement still. That's it because 50, I think fifty nine percent running the ball at Coastal. Okay, so okay, so damn near sixty forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah you're right. Fifty nine forty one for the math people out there, but you've got to have something that can almost cauterize this wounded fan base. 
and figure out option coming back. Well, that, but I think it's got to be, it's got to be a guy that without hesitation, you think, okay, been there, done that. I trust him to, I trust him to identify what's wrong and then work to fix it, to bring in the right guys that can also identify what's wrong and fix it. I love what Joseph's done in the position he's been in. I love him as a recruiter. I think he's great with the, with the players on and on and on. I just don't know if he is ready to fix what ails Nebraska right now. And it's, it's tough. I mean, look what, look what Kansas is doing. That's the, I hate, but they're doing something that Nebraska, we wish we could be doing right now. Now there's no question quarterback. What's that? With a backup quarterback. Well, there you go. There you go. So I think it, I think it has to be Aranda, Kiffin, um, uh, Rule. I'm not out on. It's somebody with ex- experience, somebody that has a way that they will come in and they will demand their coaches to do A, B, C through Z. The players to do A, B, C, D through Z. Can I throw a name out there that? You both brought up this same last name, Friday for Zach, Saturday for you, Fitz. Same last name, different first name. Riley. No, you brought up you brought up Todd. You brought up Jeff Munkin. That was literally I saw my head before you before I guessed. He was wrong. I had so, Munkin as a, a a coordinator, right? Or no, did I yeah, coordinator or was he my coach this week? He's I, I don't remember. Coach. I don't even know if you brought him up on air. We might have talked about him off air. Um, but I, I've, I've looked into it a little bit, and I'm going to run this by you really quickly. And we're talking about Todd Munkin, Army's coach, not Jeff Munkin, Georgia, Georgia's offensive coordinator. I brought him up Todd, as my coach, coach's conflict, by the way. So, okay, there you go. You're welcome. 2010 to 2013 at Georgia Southern. He lost in three straight FCS semifinals, which means he got to the final four. He went 38 and 16 there in 22 and eight in conference. He has been at Army since 2014. He was he's 61 and 48 at Army and 99 and 64 overall as a head coach. Now, while those numbers don't necessarily jump off the page to me, they're not, you know, Mike Gundy numbers. Look, we're um, fucking winning at Army is hard. That's where I'm going with this. That is doing more with less, for one. He has two 10-win seasons, several eight- or nine-win seasons. I, they're having a tough year this year. But keep in mind how hard it is to recruit to the service academies. Because you have to get accepted into the service academy, which may be harder to get into than an Ivy League school. You have to get like recommendations from congressmen and senators. But most of all, what this program has needed is somebody who can lead young men. And is there anybody out there that you can tell me is leading young men better than somebody who's running a service academy program? And getting those guys ready to go fight in wars for this country. I mean, I, we, we had, uh, I can't remember. We had the quality control guy on defense come in who spent last year at army. 
And Fitz and I talked to him for, for an hour after the podcast. Wes. Yeah. yeah. Wes. And we talked to talked talked to him for an hour after the podcast. He had nothing but great things to say about how that program is ran. And well, think about this too. Though. I, they, I don't know to... that he'd be a home run hire, but I would love I I I would like that more the the, the more I think about it. And they're re- they're recruiting, right? They have they have to recruit. They're still recruiting, but what are they doing? They're recruit they're recruiting to an identifiable style of play, right? They're not going to all of a sudden go out and say, you know what? We're going to try to get this guy. This guy through broke the Texas record for high school passing, you know, on and on and on. That's not the guy they're going after. They're going after somebody that fits into what they do. And then everything else that has to come with that kid to get in, um, go through everything that you have to go through at West Point or any of the, any of the other academies, but they're willing and they're doing that. That's what, that's what I talk. We talk about identity. We talk about culture, stuff like that. It's got to, you've got to have an identity on offense. Okay. Right now, what is the identity on offense, but they're just not playing to it. It's already there. It's already branded. It's already built in. What is it? Run and gun, baby. The, no, the defense. Sorry. Our defense. What is our defense? It's built on the black shirts, right? I completely butchered that question, but we have to figure out what do we want to do on offense? And if it's Jamie Chadwell's offense, you start recruiting to that or in for a while, you're going to have to use what you have on offense to build that, to fit that. By the or way, though, if it's, if it's Matt, if it's Matt rule, if it's Dave Aranda, whatever it is, whatever offense they want to run, that's what you got to do. It just feels like we're all over the place trying to connect dots. This type of quarterback, this, these offensive linemen, these receivers, you know, changing go and, it just, there's no consistency. The one thing that I will say though, Fitz, apart, like you could have brought in just about any offensive coordinator in the country last year. And apart from our offensive line struggles, we had the pieces to fit because most of the best offensive coordinators and the best teams in football right now run some variation of the spread option. You can bring in Todd Munkin from Army and he'll be able to adapt his style to fit what we have on roster. Yeah, uh, it's a for triple option, essentially. Yeah, we he would just run it out of the gun because he doesn't have to get under center anymore. What's what Urban Jamie Chadwell? Did. Same thing. Yeah, Jamie Chadwell would do the exact same thing. He are, we have the speed guys. We have a quarterback on roster who can do it, and Logan Smothers. And Heinrich Harburg was recruited to run that same option. So was Richard Torres. Like we already have guys on roster that can run most of these systems. Dave Aranda ran the same style of offense when he was at Baylor. Matt Rule ran it at Baylor as well. Like I'm not as worried about what style the next guy wants to run. I want him to bring in the guys who can make it efficient because we have we have the players to do it offensively. Where where we are missing, we all know the line. The line. We got big slow offensive linemen that can't bend and they can't. They're, they're not even a turnstile at tackle right now. You you fix up a couple of pieces there. Should be arrested for assault. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys are our offensive line, specifically the tackle position right now, is like accomplice to murder of Casey Thompson, attempted murder of Casey Thompson. By At the least way, they got beef jerky. I, 
we're we're two weeks we're we're a full week away from this. But I went back and rewatched it. Did you guys see what our he normally plays right tackle, but what mm. he did on the blocked extra point? Yeah. Got pushed over? Uh, no, he didn't move. He he locked his legs and didn't move, and two guys went around him against Illinois. And he also great. just got he they, they just ran over him. They just no, he didn't him. fall, Fitz. They went right around. Oh, him. I he thought he move. Oh, I thought there was another one where somebody just fell over. Like they pushed right past, like pushed him over and went right, right by him. It was me, like someone said you, hike and he's deaf. Yes. It, honestly, what it reminded me of is, and you know, this is going to be fucked up, but I saw it again today and it always makes me laugh a little bit. Uh, the video of the blind kid trying to play offensive line in football. Just not doing anything that, that is effective. And I feel bad for that little kid, but it's true. Let me let me ask you this um, as we kind of Zach's about wrap, to lose it. As we wrap this up. Do you think two-part question? Do you think Trev has his guy? If so, who is it? No, ahead, Drake. I don't. And there's and 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 things are happening behind the scenes so that not, you know, that it's gonna come in. And it's going to be a here's, quick, here's the guy. And then within even a couple, two, three, four days, we start to hear more stuff about the staff and everything. So do you think Trev has this guy? Who is it? No, I do not think he has it. Because if he did, what we saw on Thursday wouldn't have really happened. There wouldn't have been the explosive, we're about to have an announcement rumor on Twitter. So because if he, Where did that start? I, I don't know. But if, Somebody saw that the regents were having some sort of a briefing or something, blah, 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 blah. Which, by the way, we didn't have a regent thing come up when Scott Frost was announced. Like, that stuff's all taken care of. At at least as far as I remember. Let's get that out of the way. But I firmly feel like if there was somebody already marked down as the next head coach in Nebraska and they were just waiting for the announcement that would have been leaked people can't keep secrets down there no and and here this is why we use the search firm right to go find this coach they're they're you know putting out the feelers to these coaches and their agents this is why like flight tracker season doesn't exist anymore because we don't need it. it you can zoom it. It was it. It was going to Cincinnati. Zach Taylor. Luke no. Finkel? No. These. Yeah. I just. I don't. I don't believe that we're that deep into talks with anybody yet, because everybody wants to see what's happening with their program, right? Like, you know, Mike Gundy could be back on the table as he's, you know just got blasted by Kansas, he could be ready to get out of there. Um, I just, I, I firmly believe that we're not, we're, we're still in the putting out feelers and like narrowing down the top five. Drake prom is in three weeks. He's got to find a date. I mean, it's, it's coming up. Zach, what do you think? Just try to have it. I, I know you probably never had a prom date, but you, that's pretty easy to figure out with three weeks time before prom. Wow. 
Wow. Um, you know I, where I'm going to go with this, right? I only went to one prom, by the way. You know, what? I don't think we've got a guy yet either, unfortunately. Um, I think we're probably about two weeks away. Two weeks, though, I think we could see some something. Okay. I feel Let like me, there's probably three or four by the candidates, end of next, maybe five. Yeah, that's where I'm at. We're at a short list now, but I think it's you've probably got your you've got a short list. You're at three guys now. Who do you think We're, said no to him? Who do you think said no already? I don't know that anybody's officially been offered. We're at the well, point. You know what I mean? No, though? Like who who has been whose interest is no longer I have no idea because of the parameters that Trev laid out in that press conference. I really don't. I think where we're at in this process right now, Trev is like, Trev is hiring a new sales manager and he's saying, hey, you have to write a business plan and send it to me. So he's getting, you know, he's using the search firm. They're saying, hey, what's your plan to, to rebuild Nebraska? Who do you want to bring? Like you've brought up numerous time fits. He's, we're we're down to five five candidates, us, assumably, presumably. And wow. I have no idea. I, I firmly believe Jeff Munkin could be on this list. Dave Aranda, Matt Rule, Bill O'Brien, Mike Gundy, Lance Leipold, Chris Kleiman. I anybody can be on this list. I it could be another another FCS guy or a Division three guy that's on this list. Who knows? I'm on the list. But I tell you what, I'm throwing you your application. In. I'm texting yeah, my resume indeed. for offensive coordinator in there right now to Mickey. Yeah, he hasn't responded when we send those to him, though, unfortunately. We're going to have to send him to Miss Joseph. But no, I think, Fitz, who do you think said no? Or do you think he even has his guy ready? I I don't think he does. I just, well, I think he is, I think there's a, I think there's a list, and I'm not saying who he wants. I think there's a, I, there's got to be right now a couple guys that they're closing in on. And I, I, I really do believe what I've talked about. And you, you brought it up as well. Lay out your, lay out your plan. Give me your pitch. Why should you be the next coach of, of Nebraska? And what does that look like? Give me your five-year plan. Give me your, the guys that are going to help you with that five-year plan. Part of that is, how are you going to achieve that? How are you going to start to do that next year with the guys that you have on, you know, things like that. That's where, that's why I really do believe that it is going to be someone that has that experience, but it could be Chadwell because he's built, right? Aranda's built, rules built. I, I, I believe right now that it's between Aranda, rule. I really do think Kiffin is in there. I want to, and I don't. I think it's just because I've, we've been beaten down by by Zach. But there's a part of me right now that wants to believe that Kiffin has to tell him no as well. That you at least have to ask, right? So I don't know those. I I think those four. I'm going to be completely wrong. I just here's what I don't want, and it goes back to what Zach said before. And we both we've all said it. I just don't want it to be a Mike Riley type of hire where legitimately even some of the guys on the team were Googling who's Mike Riley, who is this coach, right? I want it to be a name that when I hear that name, 
whether it's Jeff Monken, oh, triple option, power, offensive lines that are disciplined, that are aggressive, that are mean, Aranda, defense and offense that is aggressive on their front foot, front foot attacking style, both defensive and offensive. Just when you say their name, you know what you're getting because they've been there, done that. Yes, we all thought Scott Frost is like, oh, great, we're getting this guy that's going to put up, you know, 72 points a game. We also knew they were going to give up 63, but that just didn't scream. I, I, it was more about, ooh, this is Scott Frost. He played here. He's the next best thing. That's what I'm a little bit nervous about with, with uh, Mickey Joseph, too. Like, it doesn't What happens doesn't if have Trev be... names himself the head coach? Here we go. I would not be ready for that. I'll tell you that right now. Watch this. Watch twist. Happen. <laughs> yeah, but what if what if he can? What if he names himself head coach, but he brings in Jeff Monken as offensive coordinator? He brings in Dave Aranda as defensive coordinator. You've got Mickey Jones as wide receiver. Christian, the Peter brothers to coach defensive line. Okay, so who was the who was the um, who was the coach was that um, like, because I think what we're going to see, I, I really believe if it's an Aranda rule, Kiffin type of guy, I think the names that we see for, for offensive coordinator, defense coordinator could be earth shattering as well. Like that's just the pinnacle of, Oh, this is a big get. Right. And now all of a sudden we're getting this guy who has been a pretty, pretty successful head coach somewhere is going to be in a, or has been a really good OC at a high level program. He's going to get him to come to Nebraska because the money's going to talk. The money has to talk this time. Agreed. Well, Which Moore's, is why that Matt Rule. Give me a thing, Joe more, Moorhead as OC. Well, the more I've thought about this Matt Rule, tell me if tell me if this is legitimate. He's getting how much how much money per month from Carolina over the next years, right? He's going to be prorated based off his salary in Nebraska. Okay, but. So if he doesn't have to take that much from Nebraska, that's a lot more money for assistants because he knows. Yeah, you're still getting... not going to take that much of a discount as a head coach. Well, I'm just saying, but those things are working. It, work it out, doesn't right? work like that in football. It only works like that in ba- in pro baseball. The Barry Bonds rule. I just no. Well, he's well. I just I don't know. He's getting paid still. I'm just saying you can't backload. Rule couldn't come in and say, you know what. I don't need I don't need to be a seven million dollar coach. Give me give me two million and then put that towards the assistance. No, because somebody else will throw him seven million because they're idiots because Matt Rule sucks. Oh, okay. Well that's definitive. So Matt Rule's not on your list. No. I've I, I thought I've made that pretty abundantly clear. Drake has not been shy about that one. No. Well, let's put a bow on this bitch, boys. You got anything else for the night? Pray for me. Actually, no. Pray for my fiance. She's the one who has to put up with me in the stands next week. Yeah, it's going to well, be just, tough. You have a reasonable mindset going in, right? I mean, yeah, but I, Fitz, I picked, I picked the score yesterday. I said Minnesota was going to win 21 13, and I'm still so fucking pissed off. Yeah. Passion versus realism is a is a tough, I missed I missed the I missed the score by one point by the way, um, but yes. I just that game didn't unfold how I predicted twenty one thirteen right like I did not expect to be up ten zero at half. It was the I was things were 
my mood. I mean, the thing, things were great. Like that first drive, like, okay, this is, this is crazy. This is good. Next drive. Next, and then boom, back to what we have unfortunately come to expect. Right down the shitter. Well, that's it. Yeah. Drake that's Pitts, it. Thanks for joining me, boys. Uh, Drake drive safe up to a uh, old, uh, Michigan and we'll talk I might I might crash the car leaving Chicago's airport on purpose. That's not a bad idea. Uh drive safe again. Thanks for get, the, get that extra everybody. insurance then. See you guys. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> Later.